Thank you for listening to the Recovery Refuge podcast. We aim to offer you a safe listening space to grow in your recovery. I hope today's show is an encouragement to you and brings you a sense of peace in your life. For updates on new content, follow us on social media at recoveryrefuge.care. Also, check out our website for any developments in our ministry at recoveryrefuge.care. Enjoy today's show. Hey, welcome to the Recovery Refuge podcast. I'm Hunter Abrams, and I'm sitting here with Adam French, the founder of Recovery Refuge. Uh, The way we're going to work through these is we want to offer one testimony uh, from our guests, and then we want to also take time to, for lack of a better term, we want to teach you to sharpen your sword so that you can be prepared to fight these battles. So Adam and I are going to work through the Bible. We're going to go through biblical lessons and how they can apply to a recovery-specific situation. So we're going to dive in today. Um, Adam, do you have anything to say before we get started? Um, No, just thank you for tuning in and just excited to get into some of this content that is both biblical, but is grounded in recovery and the things that help us stay sober. Sometimes those are in two different silos. There's a world of recovery that's secular, Mm -hmm. so to speak, that's anti-Jesus or anti-Bible. But, you know, I believe God is recovery. And so our, our hope and our desire is that our listeners will be able to experience the Word of God and also experience things out there in psychology or in recovery and science that are also true. And yeah. So we want to blend those together and give people a, a safe listening space to grow and learn uh, around the area of recovery. And where they're at in their journey. Right. So Adam, I am from Central Kentucky, which unfortunately is the pill capital of the world, I think. Um, I'm also from, I was raised in South Florida partly, and so I was raised in a party scene and I was raised in a scene where people just, it was so depressing people wanted to escape. Right. So in that, I have seen so many people work through different types of recovery and some get sober and others don't. Um, I remember a kid a couple blocks away from me, we all watched his dad literally drink himself to death. Mm. I mean, he would come out every, because the bus stop was on that block. Yeah. So when we walked to the bus stop, uh, I won't say his name, but he would come out in case he hears this. Uh, he would come out to the bus stop with us, and then he would always carry out a 24-pack of beer every morning. And he would put it there for recycling, and they would stack up weekly. And we would talk about the amount like of beer. Like from the night before, yeah. From the yeah. night before, yeah, 24 before, beers yeah. a night. And by the time we were in the eighth grade, this kid that we were friends with, his dad had died. Oh, no. uh, he, he literally Goodness. drank himself to death, and we never saw that kid again because he left to go live with family. But right. we were able to see where so often some people get clean and some don't. So why do you think that is? That's what we're going to talk about today, but speak into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of people who are listening has a similar story. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe even somebody may be listening and they're jaded. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going... Yeah, I've heard all this before, but my son or my dad or my mom, like it's not where I've heard of the 12 steps. I've heard of, you know, Celebrate Recovery, AA or all these things, but they didn't work for us. They didn't work for my family. And I I can't speak into the why, like this person, that person, Mm -hmm. why they didn't get sober. But there is like a, a specific posture of the heart that I have seen and that I believe is necessary for someone to um, be able to receive the truth that is needed to change mm. and be able and be willing to take action, right? Yeah. And, and I want to say, um, hopefully we'll say this on every podcast, 
we're not going to cover everything. You may be listening and you may finish this and go, man, they forgot that or they didn't get that. Like, well, I'm not going to be able to cover everything or yeah. say everything that's true about this. And, and I'm not going to pretend that I know everything uh, about recovery or this topic. There are many, many well-spoken, wise people out there who know about this. And we're just one of the voices of truth, hopefully, that we want to yeah. be. And I want to talk about this specific thing, though. I believe in my life and in many people that I've worked with over the last few decades is that people come to this place that I call um, a place of desperation. And I believe it's a gift. I Mm -hmm. think that we have to have this gift of desperation that is God given a place where our heart has said, I've had enough, Mm. I'm turning away. And um, the reason why I say it's a gift is because the gentleman you're speaking of, I, I, I can't know this for sure, but let's just assume that there was all kinds of people that were praying for him, all kinds mm-hmm. of people that were hoping that he would get sober, and he didn't. He yeah. died a miserable, painful death. And in America, there's over 100, about 130 people every day that die. Oh, a miserable gosh. death, man. And so I say it's a gift because if you are given the ability to see yourself for who you truly are and take some suggestions and start living a life mm-hmm. of sobriety. Man, that's a gift because yeah. a lot of people don't. They die. Man, that I didn't think about that until you just said that. But I, we were all we we're dumb kids in South Florida, which I'm sure there are good people in South Florida, but for the most part, South Florida was a pretty godless place. Uh, I'm not okay. saying he's not there, but it was a lot harder to feel him in our neighborhood. Right. And uh, I remember, now that you say that, we were all stupid kids and uh, you'd get something out of your dad's refrigerator or his liquor cabinet and you'd, you'd want to pass it around. And I didn't connect these dots until you said it, but that kid would never touch it. Really? So yeah, he never did. Like his dad, he saw his dad drink himself to death yeah. and he never, whenever uh, different people in our friend group would bring stuff to the hangout spot, he, he would never touch it. That didn't mean he didn't touch other things. Right. He might've hit a blunt every now and then, he might've done that, but he would not touch alcohol. And I didn't connect those dots until right now. So that's, that's really cool. And, yeah. and it, it's, he had the gift, basically. His dad and all of his brokenness, he at least gave him that gift. Yeah, he saw, he saw like, hey, I don't want this. Yeah. Like, I'm desperate for something else. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, that's a, that's a different perspective. But also, like, our listeners who are going, man, I'm struggling. I'm using all these things. Like, how do I get that? Where does that come from? I think there's some passages of Scripture that speak into how we can, yeah. how we can position ourselves so that our heart can be ready yeah. to receive that gift. Yeah, let me hit this first one in our notes. Uh, for anyone that wants to, if you're in a place where you can read along, we're in Luke 18, uh, verse 9 through 14. I'm reading out of the ESV right now. So it says, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. But the tax collector, standing far off in the back row, Mm -hmm. to use a modern term, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, 
I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than he the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And that right there paints the picture of desperation so well of when you think you've got it, you're so far from getting it. Yeah. When you think you're, when you think you're safe, when you let your guard down to what it is and you think you're, you're, you've, you've earned your own place. I mean, he talks about how he tithed, he did this, he's not an adulterer, he wasn't an extortioner, he fasts twice a week. But he was the one, according to Jesus in the red, in the red letters, he was the one who would be humbled. And the tax collector who approached him humbly was the one who would be exalted. So he had that gift you're talking about right there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like there's two people and they're wanting the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're desiring to come to God and connect with God and to further this relationship with God. You know, maybe it's we can assume the Pharisee for sure had a relationship, but either way, you know, they're either coming to start fellowship with God or either to reconnect that fellowship yeah. with God. But the difference is, you know, we, we, we can read the words that they said, mm -hmm. but our words are a reflection of our heart. Yeah. And so the difference for them is their heart. And remember in the Eastern culture, heart was this reference to what they would call the center. Yeah. Like the core of your being. Mm hmm like your personality. In America, it would have been like, that's the real you. Yeah, okay. You know, like when people go to work or whatever, but like when you're hanging around your best friends and like your guards are down, yeah. you don't have to be on, in quotations, yeah. like. There's no the, code switching going yeah, on, you're you. The yeah. real you is the heart, right? And so that's what I believe um, is where the gift of desperation begins, mm -hmm. is in the heart. And so I think that um, there's a verse, Psalms uh, 34 in verse 18 speaks into this a little bit. There's a lot of verses that do. Mm -hmm. But Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is near the brokenhearted and he saves those crushed in mm -hmm. spirit. First uh, Peter 5, Isaiah 66, 2 are another, some verses out there that talk about the heart. And I believe they speak into the heart of the tax collector. And the key words here, there's three key words, the near, brokenhearted, and crushed. So basically what he is saying is that near is proximity. Like you think of someone that's close to you, mm. right? Like um, Relationally, not necessarily. Yeah, like, you know, there's, there's people that you know. Like yeah. if you go to the cash register and you may know somebody that was friends with your son or you mm -hmm. did a job with, but then you think of, think of somebody that you're really close with that you could call and say anything to yeah that knows you or maybe they're walking through some stuff right now with you yeah but you know you're not telling that stuff to everybody oh, else yeah yeah <laughs> you go to the store you whatever and you're like hey john but you know you're not telling them man i'm i'm, 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 yeah. I'm about to get a divorce yeah I, my life's falling apart and so this is saying that god is going to come very very close now this is where I would want to lean in. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm an addiction or I'm in struggle or if I'm just a human, like a, a follower of Jesus, God is going to come very close to what the brokenhearted. And then in Hebrew that really literally means like broken into pieces. Mm -hmm. So remember we went back to when we talked about the centeredness, like yeah. this is the real me. Mm -hmm. So interesting. This passage is saying, and David David knows this clearly we, all through the Bible, mm -hmm. is that God comes very, very close when the core of who we are 
is broken into pieces. Yeah. And see, that, that's where that struggle is because a lot of times people think, well, man, you're, you've lost all these things. Like you've lost your house, your car, your job, like drugs and alcohol or your food addiction or your sex addiction. Like you've lost all these things. And we, and we look on the outside and that's why it's baffling to believers. And it's baffling to those looking in, um, from the outside because we're going, dude, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why don't you stop? Because you've lost all of these things. Yeah. But remember, what did God say? He looks on the what? The, the heart. heart. And so the first part of this is, listen, if you want to have that gift, if you want God to come very, very close, you have to be broken into pieces. And the truth is, Hunter, mm-hmm. is that people can lose everything materialistically. They can lose everything that's outside of themselves and inside deeply. And we'll talk about this in later episodes about how Satan um, feeds this lie and this illusion. Yeah. But inside, they're not broken. Do you think the Pharisee was broken? He didn't think he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No, the, the truth is, is that no. Yeah. He wasn't. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying like broken in the sense that did he not need God? I'm saying like he, he, he had not, his spirit wasn't broken. He wasn't going to God in pieces. He was going to God saying, everything I have is fine. So he, he wasn't, he wasn't willing to accept the, the love, what you're talking, the nearness. Yeah. It was, no, I don't need that. Move on to somebody else. Well, I think it's what I'm trying to say. And I must not be communicating where is that like God is a healer. Mm-hmm. God is a redeemer, right? And we know we're all born into sin. We all struggle with sin. Yeah. But God is not, you know, it's like, for instance, if you say, um, man, I, I, I'm sick and you want to get well, but you refuse to go to the doctor mm. or you break your leg and you refuse to go get it set. And you say, well, is your leg broken? Yeah, but there's a part of you that is not willing to do what it takes to okay, find healing. Yeah. And so this man is refusing to believe that there's that he's broken as yeah. far as his um, the, his struggles, his sins before God. Yeah. So it's like the Pharisees, we all know they were prideful, they mm-hmm. were arrogant. You don't hear any you don't hear him saying, "Man, I'm proud." Yeah. "Man, I'm I'm this." And the gift of desperation is when you come to the point and you go I, I, I just can't do it anymore. My, I, I, I need, and you accept the fact that deep down inside, you can't do it on your own. Mm. And there, that's when this, you basically open the door and say, God, please come in. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tough to think about this, but somebody who has lost everything and we know is spiritually sick, mm-hmm. right, can still close the door to the one thing that can heal them, mm. which is God. Yeah. And the last part of this verse where it talks about it's he saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, the word there literally in Hebrew means powder. Mm. And so it's this idea like there's this grinding, right? There's this constant rub that happens um, and and you're broken. But if we don't if we don't open ourselves up completely to God Mm -hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit to come to us and sort of grind down all of that pride and that ego and that I can do it myself and we don't let go of the of of the cares of this world 
then we're never going to be able to have that gift of desperation. Yeah. That's what, that's what happens. See, when I, when I just go, Oh, you know what, Lord, um, this isn't going to work. You know, I can't do this anymore. And so, you know, so maybe it feels like semantics a little bit, but the truth is, is there is in the core of ourselves until we open ourselves up completely to God in the centeredness where nobody truly knows about. And we go, man, I can't do this. Mm. Cause the root cause of all addiction is, is self, self, self will run riot. Like it's ego selfishness. I can do this. Like at some point it's going to be different. Yeah. The root cause of all addiction is just, just unabated, strong-willed ego. Mm. Like some, so at some point this is going to be different. Yeah. And we'll talk about this in later episodes, but that's what I see when I look at this and I read this passage, I go, you know what? There's, there's two, two people that are obviously very broken. We know the tax collector. Mm-hmm. He's using people. He's taking money from He's people. robbing his own people oh, to make himself rich. Yeah, like this is, I mean, tax collectors were worse than what we would see like an alcoholic under the bridge. Yeah, so real quick, because typically our listeners are going to be people in recovery or those working through the recovery process. Let's hit two historical things right here, because me and you being quote unquote churchy people, we've been in the church for a period. Give just a quick rundown on what's a Pharisee. Yeah, so a Pharisee would be um, a religious leader of that time. Mm -hmm. So you think of, you think of church um, in this biblical times, there was a temple and people would go to the temple and they would come to the temple and they would offer their gifts or their sacrifices to the priest. Mm-hmm. And that would allow them to be right with God. Okay. Okay. So like if you sin or you've done something that was wrong, you would go to the temple and you would make it right with yeah. God. Now the Pharisees were people that would run and they were the leaders in the church. Yeah. Uh, they dressed differently. They talk differently. Um, yeah. yeah, they wore hats. They would bind stuff on their foreheads. Yeah, yeah, they. Yeah. Were, it, it was so you could you could recognize them very well from their outer appearance. They yeah. were very big on what's happening on the outside. Yeah, they loved money. They loved to pray loudly so that people could see. Right. Yeah. So the Pharisees represent a religious group, um, but they also represent the people that opposed the teachings of Jesus ultimately made the decision to have Jesus taken to the cross. So they presented themselves like they were very close to God, but in reality, they were really, really far away. And they were close to the systems that they had helped construct that represented God. And there's, you can't see this, I'm doing air quotes around God right there. And it even says, uh, I can't pull the scripture off the top of my head, but whenever Pontius Pilate was saying, do you want to crucify him? It even says that the Pharisees were the ones riling up the crowd, yeah. yelling, crucify him, yeah. crucify him. So to show that they were that adamantly opposed to the teachings of Jesus, that they took people who had just chanted Hosanna and twisted them because of the trust they held in the community to chant, crucify yeah. him. Okay, so one more uh, tax collector. Yeah, and I want to say this real quick about the Pharisee. The interesting thing about the Pharisee is that, you know, <laughs> You, we're talking about recovery and addiction and, and that sort of thing, but you can be someone who is morally sound and be the Pharisee. Mm. Like there may be somebody listening who says, I'm only listening because my mom has an addiction or my brother or my son, and I'm trying to learn more about them, you know? But the truth is, is like, 
if we aren't practicing, and we'll talk about the applications at the at the bottom of how to get that. Yeah. If we aren't coming to Christ or coming to the Lord in the same posture of the tax collector, if we aren't coming to Him in crushed in spirit and saying, "God, I'm powder before You," will You breathe? How did the Lord create life? Like He mm-hmm. breathed, He breathed life into the dust. God, I am powder. I am dust before you. God can use that. God can mold that. God can change yeah. that. God can do incredible things with that. That is a gift like of saying, I'm desperate for you, God. Yeah. That's not just for the addict. <laughs> that's for that's for me. That's for you. That's that's what we want every day. We want to stay in that place of saying, God, I'm desperate for you. I want to completely let go of the world. There's nothing more important than that. Man, God can do something with God. God can yeah. use He can that. use that. Yeah. yeah, he can yeah. use that. That's a gift yeah. to have. And I think we have to work. There's some things, not work, but there's some things that we have to do to put ourselves in a posture um, that's conducive to, to seeing that. And I, you know, the tax collector, to me, you know, represents um, in, that, in that season, in, or not to me, but just in that culture, someone that was looked down on in the sense that um, they they were using people in the same position as them, which is a p- position of struggle, mm-hmm. a position of oppression, right? They're being oppressed by the Romans, like this whole group of people are being oppressed, and then they took advantage of it, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it, you know, some people may, this is kind of a loose one here, but you know, um, all the places that you can go and get money from, right? So mm-hmm. someone who is in debt, they're struggling, you know, they're not, they can't make end meets, what, can't make uh, ends meet. And then, oh, you can go down here and they'll say, all right, well, just show me. I know you're in debt and you can't mm-hmm. pay your bills. So borrow more money from us, right? And, and we'll help you get through today. Yeah. But really what they're doing is we're taking more of what you don't have. We're just and burying That you. is exactly yeah. what a tax, tax collector is. Yeah. They're saying, I know you're oppressed. I know this is desperate. I know you're being used. I know everything in your life is being taxed. Yeah. But hey, we're going to add more on that. Yeah. And, and essentially, these people are wealthy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a very, very wealthy person yeah. who's in the same position, and they gained wealth off of oppressing you. Yeah. To drive that point as well, uh, you're only as good as your teacher. So if I'm wrong here, I'll just... I'll blame one of my old teachers. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Whenever we hear about the Roman culture and their their conquest, they were pretty good at not upsetting the culture. They would come in and sure they they would implement their Roman ideals and all that, but the tax collectors were never Roman. So, like you said, right. these are people from the exact same struggle, and they would come in and they would go Matthew. They would pick out a Jewish person and they'd say Matthew, you're going to be in charge because the Romans knew that if a Roman came in. If a Roman came in and said, hey, you owe me whatever percentage yeah. of all of your income, the people would revolt. Right. But if Matthew could walk in and he would go, guys, I'm, we, went, we played on the same fields together as kids. I'm just doing what the big bad Romans tell me to cough up 10% of what you made market last week. And then they could do that. But then the deal between Matthew, the, tax collect, the Jewish tax collector, and the Romans was that the Romans only expected 10%, but Matthew was allowed to tack on whatever he yeah. deemed appropriate right. for his own salary. And yeah. given that, Matthew was gonna tack on five, eight, nine percent so that he wouldn't 
he wouldn't tip the scales and break them. They wouldn't lead to a revolt, but he could be making just as much as the Roman government was in that place. So yeah. to that, they're willing to sell their own for their own greed. And mm. it, to your point, so frequently those who, that just goes to show the depravity and the brokenness. And you would think that this tax collector had to have been ashamed walking in the temple. And people were going to shame him. Because yeah, I don't know if he even went. Yeah, if he even went. And they were go their goal was going to be to shame him because that's who just took yeah. an extra 8% well, of their Well, when Jesus income. had dinner with the tax collectors, the Pharisees and Sadducees would say, why are you sitting with sinners? Yeah. You know, like they were shunned. Yeah. And I love that you drive home that point because I think this is so important to the listener. So if you're listening, you, you've hear, heard us paint the picture of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Mm -hmm. And so we are saying in this scripture that we just read says that the tax collector was justified in his prayer. Mm. So the tax collector is the one that God exalts. Yeah. Not the Pharisee. Mm -hmm. He exalts him. And the reason is, is because he comes to him in this humble broken, crushed, mm. God, I'm powder. God, I'm desperate for you. And and people say, well, are you kidding me? Like, that's it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you can go to AACR, NASA, you can go to any recovery program in the United States of America, across the world, and they will use this phrase. They will say, unless you have a spiritual experience, you cannot get sober we all know that is jesus christ it all comes from scripture mm -hmm. the whole a book comes from matthew like in james so it all the the hinge is are you willing to throw up your hands and say god help me yeah it sounds simple but man we will we are we will hold on to the bitter end and say i can figure this out i can do this or yeah um and and so um it's just it's wild to me that so many people literally go to the grave and you know i was like that too i'll tell you i'll, I'll never forget this i had gotten arrested i'd only been i went through treatment i've been sober for six months i went through the salvation army and i went to the outpatient and i was not convinced mm -hmm. you know i was like I, you know my mom, my mom struggled with addiction. My father's an alcoholic. Both my uncles are alcoholic. Uh, my, my, actually, three uncles are, are, one of them was a drug addict. And like, my whole family, like, mm -hmm. it's hereditary. I grew up yeah. around it. Like, it's like, come on, you know, yeah. wake up, right? Yeah. Um, but I didn't believe. I still didn't believe that, that I was an alcoholic or that, man, I could never use again. I still mm -hmm. didn't believe that. But I'll never forget, I go to outpatient, and uh, my counselor did something really, really uh, kind to me. He didn't force anything on me. He said, he looked at me, he said, listen, Adam, nobody can determine if you're, if you have a problem with addiction, if you have these traits, right? Let me just pause right here and just say this um, in talking about, you know, the spiritual malady of addiction. There's, there's a, there's a group of traits sent of, 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 of personality that have been studied over the years that is so, so easy to see that show and we'll talk more about this in some later podcasts of those who struggle with addiction mm -hmm. but the thing is they have to accept it themselves then so my counselor looked at me and said listen adam i can't tell you whether or not you 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 have a, you have an addictive personality yeah. or you struggle with that you have to diagnose yourself mm. what does that say you have to be the tax collector and say and beat my chest and that literally was a signal of mourning yeah he has to say get to say god I, I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. 
I'm the one who puts alcohol in my body. I'm the one who drinks or food or, or, or acts out sexually. I'm the one who is doing this. Therefore, if I'm the problem, I can't be the solution. If I'm the problem, I can't be the solution. You said that and it took me a second. That's powerful. You're the problem. You can't be the solution. Therefore, you have to have the external actions to change man that's you okay yeah that, got, that was so big that took you gotta have the to power process. like we yeah. don't have the power yeah. god has the power and so if we come to him and this crushed broken state, we say god listen mm-hmm. here's my life here's everything that is me that i can't do this on my own and god's saying i've been waiting the prodigal son who took all his father's wealth, yeah. disgraced him, ran away from it, threw it all away, found himself literally eating with the pigs and says, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah. I can just, I could go work in the lowest position of my father. And be better. And be better. And he comes back and when his father sees him, Hunter, what does he do? He runs to he him. Runs. He runs to him. And that's what I think we don't understand. Yeah. What did, that God's, God's, Jesus is the one who's telling the story. God himself is telling the story here in Luke uh, chapter 18. Yeah. He's telling the story because he's saying, I just want you to come to me mm. desperate. Mm. And that's a gift. That is a, is a gift um, that so many um People are praying for for their family. So you're listening, you're going, I've got somebody who's, okay, what do I do if if I'm not the one who's struggling with addiction? Now, obviously, this connects in all parts of our lives. What do I do if I have somebody, right, yeah. that I want? Um, because justified means that he's rendered free. Yeah. Like when we acknowledge our sin, when we mm-hmm. take all of you know, that's that whole messy picture. Like if we take all of our mess, everything that is wrong is struggling, say, God, here, I'm broken into pieces. I've tried it my way. It's not working. Mm-hmm. God says, that's what I want. Yeah. That prayer is justified. I can redeem you. I can give you the opportunity to be set free. But so many refuse to say, I'm not, I'm not taking these handcuffs off. Mm. You know, and that's what's so, I think, disheartening and it's um, it, it's so difficult about addiction. But I would say this, and most people uh, may have a hard time, I don't know, maybe have a hard time believing this. This is true about everyone. Yeah. God does not tempt us. Sin comes from inside of us. Everything that we struggle with, we literally have the key to unlock. Mm. And it starts with a repentant surrender. And as soon as we have that gift of desperation, a lot of times, you know, we have to get um, to rock bottom until we lose everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to speak to the listener. You know, if you're listening and you're in that place and you're you're drinking a 24-pack or you're struggling with alcohol, you're struggling with drugs or pornography or adultery or greed or food or whatever it is right now, and you're going, man, this sounds good, you know, Thank you for telling the story, but how's that going to help me? I'm on the street or I'm addicted to to this. I can tell you this right now. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stop the car, stop the work. Surrender your life to God right now. Mm -hmm. You can literally get on your knees and say, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this on my own. I turn my life, my will over to your care. Just begin to just 
unabated. There's no perfect prayer. I've, this is what I've messed up. This is what I've come to God and say, I am a sinner. I've yeah. tried it my way. It's not working. God, will you help me? Mm. That's where change happens. Yeah. That's a gift. Yeah. And I promise you, when you do that, that is the beginning of your recovery. And immediately after that, when you do that, you can do several things. If you need a detox, you can call the nearest hospital, call the nearest church, call a counseling center, and you can start on mm -hmm. your path of recovery. That's that's where it starts um, immediately right there. Yeah, so hearing that, I just wanna, I want the listener to understand there's only shame in not doing. Mm. So you may be driving down the road right now because Adam just made the very forward charge. If you're in the car, pull the car over. Right. Make it now. Because I guarantee you it, it will be more impactful if you do it now than if you wait. And right. you might look like a fool. But guess what? David said, I'll become even more undignified in, than this. Right. For my God. So yeah, you might feel odd if you're in the middle of the grocery store right now with your AirPods in, you're walking through and you might say, you know what, God, I need you so bad that yeah. right now is when I can feel your spirit on me right now is when I'm going to call out. Right. Do it now. Yeah. Don't, do not wait. I guarantee you the fruit of your actions, if you do it right now, will be, will far outweigh any shame that you will incur. Yeah. And those who love you, those who are near to you, those who understand your struggles will champion you. They will, they will commend you for your immediate action rather than, man, Adam and Hunter, they're saying some stuff right now. It sounds good. I'll do it when I get home. Right. That does it. I, I remember one time Robbie actually, Adam and I uh, were both in Sumner County. Robbie Gallaty is the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church. He one time said, he said, if you don't stand up right now, it doesn't mean anything to do it at home because you're, you're ignoring it when God is calling for it. Wow. I one time had a college pastor say to me, he said, Hunter, delayed obedience is disobedience. Yeah. So I don't, want to get, I don't want to get into this emotional architecture moment where we're trying to force right, you right. to do something, but if God is calling you right now, do not delay. Yeah, yeah. So just, and, and I think that, you know, anybody can, who's listening, you may have 10 years sober, 15 years, 20 years, and you may have a question say, Lord, what? What is it in my life mm -hmm. that looks like the Pharisee mm. that says like, well, that's not me? Because <laughs> I mean, I can't tell me how many times like I've wept and went, gosh, I just didn't see that. Mm. I was prideful. I was arrogant. My ego was clouding me from seeing that. And that made me say, God, would you remove the scales from my eyes? Would you show me those things that... I'm coming to you like the Pharisee, but I need to be like the tax collector. I need mm. to be desperate because the point of this podcast is that we all understand our need for God. Mm. And I have a need for God. You have a need for God. And when we read this story of the tax collector and the Pharisee, there's a very different posture of their hearts. And if God is saying the one uh, the heart of the tax collector is justified. He is redeemed. God leans in. He comes close to that. That's what we all want. Mm. That's what I want for anybody who's, who's listening. And, and I would say if you're listening and, and you have a loved one who's still struggling, this is a great prayer. Pray for the gift of desperation. Pray that their heart will be broken into pieces, that their spirit will be crushed because mm. we know that God comes close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Mm. 
So if he comes close to the broken heart and he saves those who are who are crushed in spirit, those are your prayers. God, I pray um, for so and so that you would that you would break their heart into pieces, that they would let go of their ego, let go of addiction, let go of whatever it is that they're holding on to. And Lord, would you crush their spirit into powder so that they would come to you and give mm. them that gift of desperation. And our prayer is that there will be people that will be set free, not because of our words, but because of their, your words and prayer mm-hmm. and because of the decisions that were made of the hearts of the people that are listening. Yeah. Because that's ultimately what it is. It's about life change. Yeah. It's about the trajectory of people's lives being changed forever. We've talked about the devastation of addiction, but man, we haven't talked about the redemption. Mm. Like th- when people change their lives, when they come to God, like the tax collector, you hear things like, I, like for me, I have no, I, I can't believe the life that I have. Like it just keeps getting better. Like and the stories are on and on and we have them on our podcast mm-hmm. every month of people whose lives have been redeemed. Restored. And that can be you. Yeah. That can be, there's, there's no, there's, there's, God is not a respecter of persons. Nope. There's nothing that anybody's ever done. There's nothing that they, that's happened to them that would keep them or keep God from receiving that tax collector moment, that broken, crushed spirit moment. And so, um, to our listener, um, we love you and, and, uh, we hope that this has been helpful to you. And, um, I think we all have. Uh, a person in our lives that we know that needs that gift of desperation. Honestly, I, I would like to um, end this podcast in prayer. I think it would be um, fitting to do that. Yeah. And uh, well, you will you 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 want to pray, and then I'll finish this up. And anybody that's listening, you can just listen in, or you can pray um, alongside of us and pray for the person in your life, or pray for yourself to God to re- reveal that. But let's end in prayer. Yeah, let's do it. Jesus, I want to reach out to you right now. I want to pray that in this moment, Lord, um, Adam and I can feel it right now. The Holy Spirit is here, Lord. He wants life change. So I pray that as we're going through this, as people are listening to this, as they hear the story of the tax collector and the Pharisee, Lord, I pray that we would all realize that we need to be like the tax collector, not the Pharisee, God. Yes, Lord. When we are more like the tax collector, we can admit our brokenness, we admit our shame, Lord, and we can cry out to you. I pray the aggressive prayer, Lord, one that people joke about regretting, Lord, but I pray that you would break every single one of us. Yes. I pray that you would crush our hearts into powder so that you can then reshape them and reform them, Lord, into something that is glorifying to you. Yes. Because until we do that, until we are willing to do that, Lord, we're just a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. We're just somebody who thinks we've got it together. We think we're not as bad as them. We think we're not as bad as our dad, our uncle, our brother, our sister, Lord, because we, what about them? But God, if we don't acknowledge our brokenness, if we don't acknowledge that we are the problem, Lord, you won't fix us. Mm-hmm. So Lord, I pray that in this moment, I pray that we would admit the brokenness. I pray that we would do whatever it takes. We would reach out. And when Adam says, I know this because I know Adam. When Adam says, we love you, we do. That's not, a, that's not a, something cute we say at the end of the podcast, Lord. I pray that everyone would know that's hearing this, that yeah. reach out. If you can't reach out to us directly, find a local church. Yes. Find someone. I pray that your bride, God, I pray that the, the local church would rise up and they would help these people that are broken. They would, help these, they would help eradicate these statistics that can be so scary, Lord, of how many people are struggling with addiction mm-hmm. so that we could see it gone, Lord. Yes. 
Father, help us today. And God, I pray, um, Lord, that we would completely let go of the world. I pray for desperation for myself, for Hunter, for all of our listeners, that we would be desperate for you. Would you birth a hunger for the Bible, for prayer, for church, for recovery? Would you birth a new song? Would you give us a new song in our heart, Father? I pray you would remove the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Would God, you um, throw off any sin that would entangle us, Lord, so that we could run the race. I pray that we would see the way out of sin that you always provide. And God, I pray that as we draw near to you, as many may be praying now in this moment, Lord, I pray as we draw near to you, that you would draw near to us. And that as we humble ourselves before you, that you would exalt us so that we would know the peace and the fullness of your joy. God, we just pray for life change in this moment as only you can do. Spirit, move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Recovery Refuge podcast. We always appreciate it when you share this podcast on your social media platforms to help get the word out. You never know whose life will be saved or impacted in the world of recovery because you chose to share. To learn more about Recovery Refuge or to support us, go to www.recoveryrefuge.care. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, today is a great day to have a great day.